Dude, are you ready? Because I'm ready. You're alive, dude. I'm always ready, you know? Everyone's ready. I think they might be. Are you ready to be shreddy? Well, shreddy spaghetti. (laughs) Shreddy shreddy Mercury should have been my sign-in name. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what uh, what the kids call me these days. Is that that so? Shreddy Mercury. Dude, we have... Uh, we have you, Aaron Lemonic, one of the one of the uh, concept art masters out there, <laughs> being on this show. He's lying already. It's twenty seconds in. He's already telling lies. <laughs> um, you've had probably you've had everyone on here before me, man. You've had Rosie O'Donnell on here before you had <laughs> me on here. Yeah. Um, next guest gonna be Barack Obama. Ooh. That's what's up. Nah. Um, no, dude, I haven't. We haven't spoke for a while. Um, uh, we have to get lunch or something going. But but it's. Uh, I met you at Naughty Dog. I remember. I remember you walking in, looking all sexy and ripped, shredded, <laughs> shredded to gills. You know, just like yeah, like a real shreddy Mercury, that fucking square chin, all American. And I was like, who is that? Who is that? Who's that hottie here? <laughs> I like looking at you almost turned me gay. Seriously. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, you're not? I thought actually, fuck, that's crazy. I actually thought you were like this whole time, man. I, I didn't realize. That's damn. I've known you for like five years and I, I didn't realize. Well, cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, you joined uh, about a month after, after I was at Naughty Dog, isn't it? Yeah, we were the only two ones on The Last of Us for quite a while. Yeah. And then and then we started hiring again. But I remember we were doing all the early pitch stuff in the beginning. Well, there was Shaddy as well. He was he was there only for a couple of months and then eventually he just uh he just decided he, he's gonna run his own company and do nothing and just basically enjoy life instead of working himself to death. Well, actually when he was when he he left before I got there. I, I he was never there when I got there. He was already gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So you actually joined a little, a little, a little later. No, it was Aton who joined like a month later, and you were like six, seven months later. Either yep. way, doesn't matter. No, yeah, I, it was. Yeah, I remember you joining, and uh, you were. It was just like, I don't know. He was just like this 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 guy who's fucking awesome, and and he's not like I don't. I don't think we're uh, in the beginning when when we were all there. Uh, I don't think there was that that connection where we just talk like the way we talk at the very end <laughs> before I no, left. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. We didn't have, we hadn't developed our famous Naughty Dog concept culture that we have now, which has become pretty strong. I would say we were pretty yeah, like. I would say it's infamous at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's more than it's more than famous. It's definitely infamous, and um, I, I I don't know. People might people might hate us even. I don't know. But you know what, man? We love everybody. We fucking love everybody around. That it's all place. about love and and creating amazing art. So, dude, how how's how have you been? I haven't been you know haven't been in touch with you for a while. Um, you, we all work uh, quite a lot. So, but I've seen your name popping up here and there, and uh, and uh, you know. You've always either at the gym or um, working out, getting all shredded or, or painting. So I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> uh, yes, that's uh, some version of any of that. Painting, like to exercise. I am a big advocate of, 
of like body and mind you know like i know yeah. that sounds like i'm not no i'm not being a fucking art douche right now but like i do think that a very large part of stress management which is super key for being successful in our industry because you're stressed as fuck all the time that i think the the physical side of it keeping your body healthy as much as you can it honestly really helps helps yeah, you not dude. flip out i know you know what i'm talking about i know you get into it of course i do um uh, I'm actually planning to get a little bit more involved with uh, with some weight training. Get get that help me with my jujitsu game. But um, but yeah, it's just like if you're uh, actually last two weeks, I've been so fucking crazy with work. Um, I haven't I haven't done, almost done anything. I only uh, only went once, and uh, I can tell you, I feel like shit. Um, there's something about working out and training and and just basically taking care of your body um, that basically makes you feel and um, and act like more productive. Even though you're physically more tired perhaps and sore and whatever, you're still, you know, your brain is performing on different waves and, and uh, you know, the endorphins you're getting from, from the fact that you're working out is actually pumping a lot of energy into you and you feel like you can do anything, right? Yeah, well, not only just pumping and endorphins. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you time a little bit. It gives your mind some time to rest and, and not think about work for a minute. Get out some of the really. I think it's also getting out some of the toxic, you know, the toxicity of your body. Like just, you know, you get stressed, your shoulders get tight, you get pissed off, whatever. There's always something, but I think when you when you like exert some energy, it makes you kind of feel relaxed and honestly just too tired to be pissed at the moment. So that's actually a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, that's what I think, anyways. Yeah, like when you when you fucking go there and just throw the iron left and right, you see some douchebag, you throw like a dumbbell in your face. Jesus you know? Christ! <laughs> I've not had, I've not quite had that experience yet. But maybe I mean the the year's uh, not I'm over, joking. man. It's not too late. Um, but yeah. So um, for those who are you know joining us and and you know. Majority of the people that are gonna watch this and, and listen to to this show already know who you are, you know. Especially those people who are alive with us, because you know, why not? I mean, you're you're pretty big out there, literally <laughs> and I'm, figuratively. I'm not, I'm not. I'm definitely not pretty big out there, but I do. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not the community guy as much. But wait, but you said you're shredding mercury, so I, I'll you know I'll hold on I'll hold on to that. So okay, so I'll, I'll accept that. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, can you uh, you know maybe briefly talk about yourself, uh, where where you come from, and you know what you've been doing in the last couple of years, and whatever whatever you wanna you know whatever you wanna be remembered for. Sure, sure. This stream. So yeah, for people that um, for the folks that don't know of me or my work, I basically I've I've found a, a good balance um lately of doing you know i work full-time at naughty dog i um i also do so aside from the game work obviously i can't do work on any other games because i'm full-time staff employee there but i can work on film i can work on advertising i can work on um you know uh tv i can do other weird random projects, which have been a really fun thing to do on the side, obviously, when I have time, when we're not crunching and when I, I can work normal hours. So uh, I personally really have enjoyed the process of kind of working on a, a lot of different 
types of things just because when I when I it, it honestly educates you when you come back to your full-time job or your whatever it is even if you're a freelancer you whatever is the main thing that you've been doing when you have something else that throws you off like for example if you're working on something like Uncharted and it's really kind of generally pretty realistic and trying to be epic and always trying to be you know uh, it's it has a certain game kind of feel to it um, with all the climbing and all that stuff if you go and work on like an animated film project or some kind of a pitch like that or something uh, it totally changes your skill set because you have to change everything that you do with that project so when you come back to the other thing that you're doing generally you brought something with you that wasn't part of your palette you know your, your knowledge before so I personally do a lot of different stuff whether although like everything I mentioned before advertising work architectural design work um, super fun shit that, that I don't get to do mainly I don't get to do it at work so it's really fun to do it sometimes on the side when I can um, my background is pretty um, it's pretty traditional like when I was going to school um, it wasn't there was no well when Mache and I were learning basically during our generation not to date ourselves and make it sound like we're fucking old or something but we were primarily like the idea of concept design wasn't exactly it wasn't exactly a thing yet like the way it is now like we have so many schools we have so much information out there so much going on online that you can learn but when i when when i started my college it was around uh 2000 i started art center in 2001 mm -hmm. right before right before 911 that was 2001 right yeah i started art center the fucking week of 911 shit it was like Week, you know, the, the second week was 9-11. It was like week one. All right, cool. I'm in art center. I, I always want to go here. This is really fun. This is super hard already. Next week is like, oh, welcome to art center, guys. Uh, sorry, but the fucking, the world is over, basically. Um, is <laughs> that was pretty much it. I remember um, I was back in Poland, you know, uh, working on the potato farm. And, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember seeing it on TV uh, on the black and white CRT because, you know, Poland is so it's, it's just a potato farms and <laughs> there's only one TV in the whole country um, <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, I didn't say it you said it <laughs> no I, I accepted my legacy dude I totally accepted my it's actually funny because a lot of people don't understand what where the potato part is coming from I'll, oh, get, oh. I'll get into that in a second but I remember seeing the 9-11 uh, going on, on on TV and I was like what in the fuck is this movie about right yeah. Um, and then I was like, holy shit, that's actually for real. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a end of the world sort of scenario going on there. Um, it was kind of not funny to watch that, but, uh, but yeah, the potato stuff. Okay. So here's, here's what happened guys. Um, I think it was, uh, Naughty Dog's, uh, Secret Santa, right? That's what we were doing. Oh um, yeah, that's yeah, exactly what it was. We yeah. were basically, uh, we were basically, uh, what, what we're doing? We're, we're, you know, we're drawing like um, taking uh, taking like ballots and, and figuring out who's gonna buy, uh, you know, a secret present for whom, and <laughs> and uh, I think you got me and I got you. Uh, it's just it just so happened that you were buying a gift for me, and I was buying a gift for you. Among all the people, like, it was like seven seven people, all right? It was like Aton, Alex was in that group. Um, who else was there? You know, obviously Nick and and John. 
Marek probably was in there too. Wasn't no, he? Marek Marek was already gone. I think oh, he, was, he was gone. Okay. Yeah. Um. And uh. And wh what do you? So what I did was um, I took one of uh boxes from the supplements that I had. Uh, I printed out your you you shredded fucking, you know, like put it your face and uh, I think it was uh, I don't know feels feel heat or something. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. It was. It was some like a really shredded fucking veiny uh, fucking beef <laughs> castle. And I just wrote a bunch of shit on it, like just super extreme, super pump. And then what I did, I threw like uh, like uh, like uh, I don't know, like whole, like two pounds of potatoes inside. You know, it was like carb carb free or something. We <laughs> like wholesome potatoes, whatever. Um, so that's where it, where the origins come came in because you took you took one of those potatoes and made it a stick figure, and I think you wrote my name on it, and um, and it was there for like a whole year. It oh, started dude, actually. It was, it, it was there for way longer than that, man. <laughs> it was there for way after you left because I kept it alive. I would water it because it, we we made it look like you. So I drew like the the mustache and the glasses. But you know how you had the little mustache at the time and the glasses and all that and then i would keep it it was sitting right next to my my left monitor and i would like i would drip little bits of water on it i kept it alive for like <laughs> two fucking years it was, uh, was so it funny because sitting there it started like growing sprouts and shit like that and yeah, drying right. itself it was just so silly um but that yeah that's the origin origins of potatoes um and my associations with it i i embrace it you know it's uh it's it's funny thing well, that's, I mean, I don't know. Somehow it became that that was what Poland was known for. I don't know when that started, <laughs> but that was like what happened. And then naturally we just, you know, we had, we always have nicknames. That's the thing. We have, we all have nicknames for each other and they change yeah. constantly. Like, um, like usually me, like people are like, oh, hey, asshole. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just know to answer to that because, like, uh, you know, I'm just a fucking asshole, apparently. I don't know. No, I'm just joking. No, that's not, that's not my nickname. But it, it was always like, uh, it started always with name. Uh, and then uh, aberration of it, and then another aberration of the aberration, and eventually it uh, became something that it was like you couldn't even relate to a person. Yeah, but if, exactly. you knew the, <laughs> if you knew the history, like what in the hell? <laughs> Where is that coming from? Like uh, uh, when I went to Hawaii and I saw the kukui, the kukui nut they had, we were selling them. I'm like, oh, kukui. And then I came back, and all of a sudden, you were named Machui Kukui. <laughs> After that, that lasted for like six months, and then it became something else after that. Yeah. There was always like an evolution that basically went over time. So if you would join the crew at the very end and, and you would hear someone else being called like a specific name, you wouldn't even like, like, I, it doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking good times, dude. Good yeah, times. Man. But anyways, continue. You, you, were, uh, you were at Art Center. Yeah, so... Um, so art center, you know, I, my background was a lot of like traditional drawing and painting and I, I didn't really know anything about concept art um, until I was already doing concept art. I honestly didn't, we didn't have a track for it. So it was kind of just like you were like an illustrator or you were an industrial designer, you know, right. like, and then we, so we, you know, people cross over. Then the industrial dudes like learn how to do landscape painting and color and then the illustrators learn how to do viscom and, and then we end up being concept artists. But that was kind of like where I, I learned about like that that's what I wanted to do basically um, is is do because mainly because I actually 
I like working in teams. I like working with people. I like being involved in a collaborative process. So I, you know, if you're an illustrator, you're naked, you're drinking wine, like in your garage, like whatever people, I don't know, whatever the cliche is thing that people do. You have to have I, a scarf. You have to have a scarf. And these days, I think the little twisted mustache, the wax tip mustache is pretty important. Yeah. As well. It's almost like you're going to a burning man, but you have, you're so wealthy that you're you're all you know designer like exactly. super, super designer well burning man like silicon people. valley burning man silicon yeah that's the most that's that's the funniest thing ever they're going there to like find out what the new marketing campaign is for the <laughs> the new eye device whatever it is they're, they're not looking for art there they're more just going to take the drugs and like just try and let their mind be free and then they'll come up with the next you know whatever yeah ipod so anyways <laughs> yeah <laughs> so derailed every time i just fucking derail it to another place but um i think i every i um i realized that i, I like working in teams and i liked working with people there so i kind of found myself uh working in, in games kind of by accident because I didn't, I, honestly, I, I didn't know what a job was like working in games. I didn't know that that was cool because I didn't know anyone yet that did it. Right. So I found out through some, one of my friends graduated, you know, James Pack was a little ahead of me. Jung Park was a little ahead of me. Kang, Kang was a little ahead of me. And I, I started seeing like where they were all working. And I was like, oh shit, there's, you know, there's all these cool jobs in the, in the game industry that I didn't even really know that you could do, that you were, um, that that was available. Because back then, again, there was no, there weren't a lot of like sites. I guess there was conceptart.org. That was like the main one that yeah. there was, but yeah. I wasn't really, I wasn't really up on that so much. And even then there was no like job posting. There was no Facebook where you're literally seeing everybody's shit every day. And, um, you learn about, Oh, what's arena net? What's Bungie? What's, you know, uh, sledgehammer, what are, you know, you learn about all these studios that I used to, I, I would never have known those names back then. So yeah, you would have to like, research who did this game that I just played, you know, pretty much. And and yeah. then f yeah, from there kind of go to different websites, but I don't even know if there, I didn't even know about Kotaku back then. I'm not sure if there even was such I a thing. I don't think there was Kotaku back then for reals. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a world where people can't, um, they can't I mean, go on Kotaku. When YouTube was created it was like 2005, 2006. That's when yeah. 2005 were, it's when YouTube uh, came around and it was like low res fucking videos. It was just like horrible to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2007 is when Facebook started to come around very slowly. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You are right about that. So that's like not even not even a decade ago. Like that's so, so not far away from where we at right now. You know, it's I know. totally different. Uh, but you you get to finish uh, Art Center, huh? I did. I did finish Art Center. I um, I let's see what did, I I graduated in. What year was it? Two thousand and five. Okay. So I graduated in spring two thousand and five, and I um. I was working for a studio called NeverSoft um, during my last term at Art Center. So. During during eighth term, I, I got hit up by some by actually by a fine artist 
named Greg Simpkins. He's Crayola. He does really dope fine art. Um, mm -hmm. and he's pretty well known in the fine art community, but we had been doing a lot of graffiti together for several years. Um, murals or just kind of run, not together always right next to each other, but, but crossing paths through mutual friends. And so he right. kind of knew of each other, whatever. And he, he saw my stuff and recommended me to some friends that he knew he was working at, um, Treyarch, I believe. And he was, uh, he recommended me some friends at Neversoft because it's all part of Activision. And I got, I did a test, you know, they wanted me to do a test. I didn't know I was doing character design. I, I didn't have any idea, um, what it was like working in a studio, but it was really exciting to get the opportunity. So I fucking stayed up all night for like three days and did some like photo bash characters as much as I, as fast as I could did photo shoots, you know, the kind of stuff that same stuff that we do now, nothing really different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, they, they liked what I did and then I, I got the job and I, I, when, you know, I was so scared, man, in school, I was so scared because there, again, there wasn't that much evidence that you can just get a job. Like I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I was, I just wanted to fucking work so badly. I, I, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, have these expectations or the millennials are considered to be, you know, entitled or whatever the hell people say. I don't, I, I felt the opposite of whatever people say about the young generation. I was like terrified. You're not really a millennial though. You're, um, pre, I'm not, a, you're no, pre, I'm pre-millennial. I'm too old for that. Yeah. You're pre-millennial. Yeah. It's all a different generation than what it is right now. Yeah. I mean, we had to like, you know, it was just different. I feel it was just a lot different. I mean, as you would imagine, and the same, and like in 10 years, like the people that, you know, the, the older dudes will be saying the same thing about us. And then, and, yeah. and then the millennials will be saying the same thing about the bicentennials or the fucking, whatever <laughs> the next, the next generation of kids is. And it's just, it goes around and around. Cause like the older dudes are always saying, you know, to us, like, you know, that we were, you know, that we're, we use a lot of photos that we're, cheating whatever whatever and they because they just do traditional shit and they they got used to doing markers and airbrush like in the 80s and they think that we suck <laughs> and then you know or whatever it is but it's just funny to see like you know yourself uh, become one of the old dudes like cause when i started out i was one of the young i was one of the babies of all of my classmates at art center i was one of the youngins and so i was like learning from them they were like older like late 20s and early 30s and i was right. like 21 <laughs> and so uh now, now the rules have switched, and I got young Nick and Aton, young bucks, the, yeah, running, running around just you know pantsless the, and the, the shred mills of of, um, <laughs> yeah. of concept art. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> do, they, you know they're, so they're like the they're like the young generation, and I now yeah. I feel like the old dude. It's just funny. Yeah, it's very funny, especially Nick. You know that. Uh, how would we call Nick? Sweets? What, what, what else he was he was sweets, but I don't actually think he's all that sweets anymore. Yeah, what is he now? What is he's, he now? He's um. Let's see. What was the most recent was Spudnik, one? Spudnik, I remember. He was Spudnik. Um, Nicky Mabraj. He was that too. <laughs> That's one of the most horrific names you could ever. Anything related <laughs> to Nicky Minaj is like the most disgusting abomination. <laughs> Nicky Mabraj. Nicky Mabraj was, was a little <laughs> while. Um, he is, he's basically, okay, here's what he is for everyone that doesn't know Nick. Nick is a Vietnam War vet trapped in the body of one of the Lost Boys in Never <laughs> Neverland. That is the definition of what Nick Chindro is about, dude. Yeah, he's just he's got, a... he's Keanu Reeves mixed with Tom Cruise mixed with, you know, a Mayan god, basically. Yeah, that's, that's a, uh... It's a pretty accurate description, I would say. Just eats ice cream and gets abs, you know? Yeah. Like that. 
That's yeah. I mean, he went to the gym for the first time when we were going there, <laughs> and just benching 250. Oh, easily, just putting it up like 12 times, and then like coming <laughs> back, coming back, and getting a thing of of Cherry Garcia, and just pounding <laughs> that. Exactly. That was so. That was so disheartening. You know, you're trying to keep your diet, and like fuck, too much sugar. He's just like, mm, the ice cream is making me shredded. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's interesting. Yeah. I had some, he's like, hey, what's up, guys? I had some, I had some cake for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. He's yeah, a great, he's, he's a, a great funny kid. guy. He's awesome. Yeah. I'm stoked, man. I'm super stoked of our, our crew there, man. We have like a really good thing going and uh, camaraderie. You know, we, we've yeah. had a few people such as yourself, you know, move out and move out of the hood, so to speak. But, um, we still keep it, try to keep it positive. I try to keep it, keep it fun and, you know, uh, like kidnap Aton for his birthday and like just fun stuff like that, like stuff that you do for your friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. He wakes up. You remember that time when, uh, when I taped uh, Nick to the chair? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it took him a while to get out of that. That was yeah. a, a bit that was much. Funny. Yeah, I, I, dude, I miss those times. I, I, one of the reasons I, I, I felt working at Naughty Dog and being – uh, being a part of the Last of Us team was, you know, was the crew. It's not all just the project that we worked on because, like, how many times you can draw a fucking tree and grass and abandoned places, you know? Like, yeah. eventually, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be so boring to do, and you're gonna you're gonna look into different things, you know, um, who you're working with uh, in the first place. And one of the one of the things that was that everyone I knew that whether was there or left said, you know, that crew is the best crew, and you know. It's true. It's just like it. There's there's some weird, there's something weird going on about that group. Because anytime whoever any like if any of us would go for um, vacation, it was just like not the same thing anymore. It was just like like wetter down, a little more quiet, you know. But when that one person came back, it just went from zero to hundred in in a few seconds. And you know, one second we'll talk about the beautiful sky in the evening, going for coffee, and a few seconds later, bleach assholes, you know. Dude, somehow bleached assholes enter the conversation like 90% of the time. <laughs> like somehow it would arrive. It's like a six degrees of separation, but it was like separation of your butt cheeks. Like, you know, like after six degrees, like then it's about bleached assholes again. Like everything's about that somehow. Because well, it's L.A. It is L.A. But, I mean. there, but there's something about those conversations where they just organically go there. It's not like just all of a sudden just, you know, clicks and all of a sudden we're talking about this weird stuff. And making everyone around us like very, very, very uncomfortable. It's it was just more just like from one thing to another to another in a matter of seconds. It was about bleached, bleached assholes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to say that I think, <laughs> I think, you, I think you took every <laughs> opportunity to make people uncomfortable if you can, screaming out fucking obscenities like really loud, you know, that kind of thing. But you know what? I think that I think that at that point, the people we were surrounded by were like the 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 Illuminati dogs. I like to call them, like the the dudes that have been there forever. Yeah. And some of the old school cats, <laughs> like Hat, like Hatfield, and some of those the Illuminati yeah. dogs. It's just a joke because they've just been there for a long time. But yeah. you know, they've they've heard it all. Everyone that was part of the game industry, like before our generation, like the people that were in the industry, like in the '90s, those people, like the studios back then, people got so fucking wild. That you know, like there were there would be like fist fights in Neversoft like back then, before <laughs> before while, awesome. when we were like kids in high school, 
like the dudes that were in the industry then, like you could actually like have a disagreement with someone and like wrestle them in the office, like for real, not like playing around, but like yeah. trying to choke somebody. And and then it's like, oh, it's all good. We're, we're having, we're, we'll go back to the party, have have your get get a glass and have some of the keg, and then everything was all cool. Like there was no. Now it's like HR lawsuit, official, yeah, you know, warnings. Yeah, it's a totally different industry. So I I back to the what I was saying is I think that it was just mainly because the people around us were very gracious and accepting of our stupid behavior. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it's still going. So um, <laughs> it's like sometimes it's so offensive. I'm just curious, like why, why it's still going? Well, I think that, I think honestly that in general, we're, we joke around a lot. We have like in all seriousness, we do joke around a lot and we, we do kind of, you know, but we know who, we know who we're close to and, and yeah. we would never do anything to like actually offend anyone. No, the yeah, people that we joke with are always like, you know, um, they're, they get it. Like I'm always double checking with Jason across the wall. Like, dude, JP, like, are you, JP, are you cool with, like, we don't want to, you know, fuck your shit up. Like, is this okay <laughs> what we're talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with it. Don't worry about it. I'm with it. Just want to yeah. make sure that nobody's, like, disgusted. I, you know, I don't want to do that. I just want it to be a fun thing. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you we would always go there, you know, um, making sure that, you know, all the, all the really fucking vile conversations we would have, they only would happen, um, you know, uh, among the people that were supposed to hear it, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's for sure. So you do some uh, freelance as well, right? Yeah. Um, so far this year, I've done some some AR company stuff, you know, augmented reality stuff. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. I've done oh, nice. some TV work. I've um, I just finished up on that a new TV development of a new IP that will be coming out sometime um, in the near future, which is really fun. And then I've done some advertising work too. I did some design work, the weirdest stuff this year. Last year was more typical concept art jobs. This year it's been weird. I did a I did a thing recently for um, is for a, a company, an advertising company that was commissioned to do these two big ass murals in Brooklyn, New York. And I had to do these super high res um, paintings, which were meant to. They had there was specific things that they wanted mm -hmm. from it. But it was basically just like a fun. It wasn't. It wasn't something that was that you know um, technically difficult. It was just a fun, a fun piece. You know, some yeah. kind of cool, jungly, awesome environments and stuff like that, Mayan temples and whatnot. And uh, and that was it. And the, basically, the way they do it is, you know, like you go downtown and you see like you know the World War Z is this entire side of a building or whatever movies coming out at the time. I saw um, what was, you know, Avengers, they do it, mm -hmm. but it's literally photo real. It looks like the movie poster, but it's yeah, the they entire have those side blocks, of the right. That they know, like they code with paint mm -hmm. with numbers and they have like the outline. So the, whoever is jumping in to paint it, they, they don't have to be painters. They just know what kind of paint they have to put where within what, what boundaries, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like paint by numbers practically. Yeah. And they basically project your image onto the building and make sure they have it divided up into quadrants and they just mathematically calculate what those colors would be and yeah. they copy it with like giant airbrushes basically with and it looks dope pixels. like dude yeah paint by pixels and the one the one that i've seen downtown like all the ones that they do they people think that they're printed out or something and they're put up there no they they paint that shit those dudes go up there and they just paint the wall it's totally insane yeah um awesome. but anyways i did a couple of those and then I have another TV thing that I'm going to be starting for some time pretty soon. Damn, Daniel. But Damn, Daniel. What the fuck is that, dude? <laughs> it's just damn Daniel, dude.
damn Daniel. Okay. Well, that that old devil. Um, you have you seen damn Daniel before? No, I haven't. Oh, you should just you know YouTube that shit later did, on. What were you? Did you have any money on the McGregor fight? No, I didn't. I did watch it though, and it was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Those I, dudes fucking slammed each other. That was a fucking real dog fight, dude. Yeah, it was. Yeah. McGregor first two rounds was just fucking killing it. And then end, end of the second round and the whole third round, it looks like he's going to get KO'd, dude. I saw that. He was getting bombed on. And he has got the strongest chin to not get knocked out by Nate, like, bombing on him like that. Because most other people would have gone down for sure. Yeah. I mean, talking about Nate, fucking getting, getting basically wobbled and put down like three times and then standing up and putting up the fight till the very end fuck yeah he just went into guard and like caught him and got himself back like got his brain back in order and like yeah. and like took like two seconds and then he just pops back up like a fucking <laughs> you know like a jack-in-the-box and he's ready to go yeah. again it was a good one I've... you know what i read today that nate that nate took home two million even though he, like for the loss and connor got three for the win yeah, i thought like yeah, that's and dope they, that... and they also gonna get the pay-per-view um uh, you know commissions too so oh there's yeah. gonna be much more much more money coming in you know and then they're gonna do a third fight and get like 10 million each oh yeah for sure i mean the trilogy fight is gonna be the biggest thing obviously the only thing that can probably beat it would be uh, uh connor fighting mayweather <laughs> oh dude i wish that'd be crazy you never know dude mayweather called out connor that's just fucking he did i don't think connor funniest. would fuck up mayweather at boxing if there were rules no, it was an mma be, fight yeah i mean it's if anything is going to be boxing and he's just going to get fucked yeah because he just he, you know it's not his primary thing yeah you know? he's a good boxer but not mayweather level uh, at all like nowhere close ever yeah, i would man. argue i would argue even nate is a better boxer but you know yeah, Nate's fucking insane. I really kind of wanted him to win because I really like I like Nate Diaz a lot, but I, I was kind of bummed. It's, it's all good. Yeah, it's all it's, good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So you've been you've been doing your thing, training, and and you got you you've been doing quite a bit of work lately. I know. It's not about me though. It's about you. <laughs> um, I have a question for you actually, and you know, it's more of a sort of like a conversation that I wanted to go, get going. You know, you've been pretty much like me, and we're you're, we're both kind of a little different about that. Um, you've been working in the studio, and you've been freelancing uh, as well. You know, and I just you know maybe for everyone who's listening, you know, what what would be the major differences if you if you could tell any that you see in terms of like the positives and negatives of of both worlds? Sure. <clears throat> so. I'll tell you about my, it's really, it really comes down to your personal preference, but I'll tell you the characteristics of both sides. So like the joke I was making before about the naked dude in his garage, you know, doing oil paintings or whatever, that's like the old school illustrator. If you're that kind of person and you don't like being around people and having to be in the office at a certain time and a certain place and getting and snapping your fingers and having to be creative at nine in the morning or 10 in the morning, whatever your thing is, if you like to kind of wind up, you know, wind up to it and, and um, get your, get your, do it at your own pace, then, you know, freelancing is probably a better thing because you, you have the freedom to do things when you want. You can work at night, you can work in the morning, middle of the day, take a break if you don't feel like it, you know, but that's the positive side of that. Um, and freelancing, you know, you can, you can have, you have higher rate, your day rate is higher and it, it has, it needs to be higher. 
because you don't have the stability of the health insurance and you don't have the stability of like constant work. So you should be charging more for that um, in terms of an hourly rate. Benefits of studio job also are just, you know, for me, I'm a little bit, no, I'm not a little bit. I'm very, very ADD and I need to bounce. I like to bounce around a lot. I like to like not physically bounce around, but I like to do take on different tasks a lot and I get distracted sometimes. Yeah. So me having a schedule where I'm in the office and I'm working and I'm focused and you have stranger things on in the background, you know what I'm saying? And you got something going to keep you focused and you just you can just go through four hours and it keeps me on a schedule. And then when I'm done, I'm done. And I come home, I can either work on personal work, I can do some, like if I have an online class or I have like tutorial or whatever it is, I could choose to do something else when I want but I know that my the work I have to do is in those that time frame, and anything else that I sign up for is on me. That's like my own thing that I yeah. want to do. So that's a benefit of you know of having for me. That's what helps me having a, a full time staff job. Um, and you know downsides to it are you know you're on a project for two years. If you don't like that project, you're on that project for two years at least. Sometimes three, and if it was Last of Us, then it would be four years. You know like that's a long time to be on a project. Yeah. So some people get sick of that. Now, if it was something that you really like, like if you're really into Destiny and you love sci-fi and you work at Bungie and all you do is draw spaceships and cool bridge designs and, and you know, drop ships and, and docking bays all day and that's what you're into, then, then you'll have a great time. And you probably won't get tired of it in four years. Um, you will. I'm pretty sure you will eventually, but... Yeah, you're right. I mean, whatever, I guess whatever it is that you're doing, if you're doing it all day, every day, then you're going to yeah. actually, no, that is a good point. Cause my last job at high moon, which I had a very good crew at, at high moon as well. Those were some cool cats. Those are my good buddies still. Um, we, we, uh, we were doing only stylized eighties robot stuff. You know, we were doing transformer franchise, but the, the stylized like comic booky one where everything is painted and there's yeah. no photos and there's no photo reel. There's no 3d. You're just doing paintings of like these stylized robots all day. Um, was I eventually I'm like, dude, I just, I want to, at a certain point I was like, I want to go what naughty dog. Hell yeah. I want to go work there. I want to do some natural landscapes, some snowy mountains and some trees and some, just some cool organic, like organic environments, because all I painted was mechanical stuff for four years, pretty much. So, yeah. you're right. It, it anything seems that, and again, back to my point about why it's so important for me personally. Again, personal opinion. It's important for me to have the the one job, and then have my other jobs like that I do on the side that I'm allowed to do, because it gives me that flexibility where I don't ever get too tired of it. Because I come home and I'm I'm designing some sci-fi hangar or something and then I go to work and I'm doing like you know giant jungle mountain landscapes with waterfalls or something and they're yeah. totally opposite you know what I mean yeah it all depends I guess uh, how you approach to studio work um, if you think of it as um, you know it gives you a stability it gives you like this uh, tasks that you can complete within the time frame and there's you know usually especially from, for concept artists I, I, I you know there's not that many concept artists that are basically you know, crunching all the time. It's more of a, you know, uh, game designer, other artists that are doing it more than, than concept artists. Uh, but anyways, you know, it kind of gives you that stability. You know that, you know, at the end of the month or at, at the end of uh, every week or bi-weekly or whatever, you're going to get that paycheck. It's always the same. It's always going to be, you know, it gives you like the stability. It gives you like the baseline that you can jump off from and, and do everything else you want. And also, it's, you're never in a situation where um, 
you're going to be overloaded with work or um, you're not going to have enough to keep yourself busy, especially like if you really need to be, you know, keep yourself busy with work, for instance, right? Like you say, you have ADD, so I'm pretty sure you you would want to have something going on regardless whether you're you're having a job or not. Like, I just fucking need to do something, right? Always, yeah, you got to right. feel productive, <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, that, that full-time job is kind of giving you that Granted, the difference is obviously, you know, you're going to you're going to probably get a little less money from doing that uh, than doing freelance. And, you know, you're stuck with a project for a couple of years. And um, so those are the, you know, the sort of like the back the like the drawbacks of, of working in the studio. Um, for me personally, uh, I think it's uh, I mean, if you work with a crew like Naughty Dog, you know, that's you know, it couldn't be better, I would say. Like that's something you can you can you can for years and and never get tired of you know um but if i would have to work like any other any other studio and not have any of the things we've we've been going through pretty much daily i would i don't know if i would stick around dude like yeah i don't know like it's just like it it, it, it would lose the appeal regardless of what the project is because I, al- I always i mean at least personally and you know i guess everyone is different but I usually I usually say to younger artists, um, like if you even if you're working on your dream job, right, your the project that you super excited, that's o- that's something you always wanted to do. I can guarantee that a month in or two months in, you're gonna be tired of it. Or you know, if you are if you're super super excited, maybe six months in, you're gonna get so tired, like you're gonna be cursing that you ever started working on it. Um, and that's that's just. That's just the reality of, you know, sticking around for one thing for too long. I mean, there are obviously uh, the outliers uh, that, you know, they can work on one thing forever and never get bored. You know, there are people like that, obviously, but. Yeah, um, there are. Yeah. Well, I mean, rates are different. Uh, you know, you, you make your own time when you're a freelancer. Um, you don't have to. I think the biggest thing that I found out when I when I freelance and I, you know, I've been freelancing from my home studio for now a couple of years since I left Naughty Dog. Um, I think the biggest the biggest thing for me is that I don't get that many distractions, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's, it's one thing, you know, when we're we're just goofing around and having fun, but usually uh, usually at that time, you know, there, w- there would always be sort of like a, a invisible cue saying like, all right, it's time to focus on work. And, and everyone would sort of like put the headphones on and get back to work and then all of a sudden some butthole coming over and hey what are you painting can i see can i see what are you painting (laughs) (laughs) and like fucking creeping around so you don't even see who's coming in like we were in the uh, you you the way we were sitting um in the office like we could see who's coming in but like uh nick and (laughs) and other guys would be like creeped Oh yeah, they get they caught slipping, dude. We, we, you and I always, they always, we always sat next to each other, and we always had the best desks, like the the best the location. Gate, the gatekeeper desk. The gatekeeper desk, yeah, dude. <laughs> just the watchman. I I still am in that same spot. I like, I really like where that is. It's, yeah. Um, it's just cool. It's just um, I don't. Yeah. The the only thing I totally agree. I my last studio concept was in its own like 
office. Like we had a, a, an enclosed space. So like a door and like a little cave kind of thing. And it was just cool because again, like you, you get to just, well, number one for confidentiality stuff, like when they bring people in, um, in the office with cameras, it's nice when you, if you don't have to worry about that. Um, but also the, um, just the idea that we have kind of, we can not be distracted by the constant back and forth that's going on. Cause we, Generally, you know, unless you're unless you're in a more of a managerial kind of role and you're kind of doing more lead work, then obviously you're up and out of your desk all the time. But when the but normal concept artists that aren't doing that, you don't really need to be interacting with people on a, like an hourly basis. Because if you did, you wouldn't get any work done. There's no yeah. way to manage stuff and like deal with people and then also get a ton of painting done. You just there's no way to do it. It's impossible. So um, so yeah, we just we had our own little thing and it was awesome, man. We would just, we'd all kind of like just play music. We could even play music out loud cause it wouldn't, no one else would hear it. And we'd just switch off who was doing that and just kind of have a, uh, just, you know, work all day and chat the same way you and I are doing right now. Um, but that's what we do. And it was perfect to just have our own little spot. But, yeah. You kind of want to wind up for work, right? Like when you're focusing, okay, this is a part where I want to really, you know, get some designs going, think it through, uh, you know, make it really good. And um, it, it's like when you're rendering something, it's a different story where you're just like rendering an illustration, adding details, like it's very mindless. But when you have to come up with concept, like that's the time you really want to focus and be focused and not distracted. And then all of a sudden someone, someone comes over, oh, it's meeting time. Or, uh, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? You know, or asking you like really stupid questions. Um, what would be an example of a really stupid question? Like if you're like, what would be the question? Um, what brush do you use? Oh God. <laughs> what brush are you using here? No, it's just like, it, it, there was, you know, because when you're painting, especially when you're doing something really cool, like when you're working on a really cool concept, you know, it's, it's visually appealing and you're going to have someone, you know, coming, coming by and looking at the screen is like, oh shit, that's, that's awesome stuff, you know? And for, you know, in ma majority of uh, situations, it's not really like, uh, uh, ill intentions to come over and it's like, oh, dude, this is awesome. Can I look at it, you know? Um, but but it, the truth is, it's like you're already in the, you're already focusing and you're in the, in the mood of, you know, creating something good and someone's just like snaps you out of it. And that's like, that, that I found to be one of the most annoying things, uh, you know, being in the office environment where, you know, you would be snapped out of that, of that, you know, thinking process or whatever you're doing like I, I personally have that momentum that I build up over time, uh, and w once I hit that that peaking point, I can go go on forever and not 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 even look at time, and then I almost like wake up from that that flow a couple of hours later. It's like oh shit, it's already end of the day, you know. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if someone is constantly fucking barraging you with questions, coming over like hey, it's meeting time, or 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 just coming over like to a person next to you. Uh, because, you know, they need to do like a meeting or talk about, you know, solutions or problems, whatever, let's say Nick working with the designer and that designer has some questions they have to go over the next concept, whatever the fucking is. Right. And then like obnoxiously loud, you cannot uh, even focus. Yeah. You know, that's just like, ah, oh, fucking get out of here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Those, so that kind of stuff is like the most annoying for me. Whereas, you know, when I sit at home, I can just fart in my chair and, uh, you know, have no underwear and do whatever the fuck I want. 
That's fine. <laughs> but you, you did that at Naughty Dog, too, though, man. I know, right? You were pretty much the same. It's like, wait, where's my pants? What? Yeah. Yeah, man. True. It's pretty crazy. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's... It's interesting. There are a lot of different ups and ups and downs to both kind of both positions, I think. But it really does come down to preference, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Because yeah, again, like you know, freelance. Yeah, you do. It's true. You do. You do have a higher day rate, but that means that you have to be working forty hours a week, um, which is you know full time. So if there's yeah. lapse, if there's downtime, that eats into your overall year annual profit and all that kind of stuff. But but I will say that. Um, there's a huge appeal of obviously grass is always greener on the other side. I love working in house. Again, I love dealing with uh, all the people that I do. I love working with all the folks I do, but you know, the, the freedom, uh, you, you always think of, you know, when you don't have time to, um, you don't have time to do run an errand or do something. You're always thinking like, damn, that's true, man. Freelancers, they do just get to do whatever the fuck they want. And anytime they want, I don't know, man, it's, it's the like do double edged sword, right? I, I, what you said is true. When you're working freelance, you're basically always thinking what's going to be the next job. I think I've mentioned this, uh, on one of the streams before, one of the biggest differences between film and games is that in films, you know, you work on a project and then that one day, a producer gonna come over and say, "Well, um, bye," you know, and that's it. That's the end of the game. That's the end of the story, and you're not really. There's nothing that you can do. You're just finished the job. You're just going in, and then all of a sudden, you're you're you know you're looking for work. Um, whereas in games, you kind of see see it evolving. If the studio is about to get shut down, you kind of gonna see that writing on the wall somewhere along the lines, you know. It's not like it's gonna happen over overnight. It it rarely happens overnight, especially when you're in a in a decent studio. Um, but so when you're a freelancer, and I pretty much could speak for most of the freelancers I know, they always hustle. Like mm -hmm. always, like I already have a job. It's going well. I'm working for whatever Avengers or Transformers, like any other <laughs> films. You know that film's gonna happen, but fuck, you never know because you've seen it. You've seen it before. You've seen like the biggest project getting shut down, and you, you know, and you wanna you wanna get that profits going. You wanna you, you you know you have a higher rate, but now you have to buy your own insurance. Um, you know, you have to have your own four hundred one k. So it's like you're missing a lot by by not having full time uh, job. So you kind of wanna like uh, you know I don't know what's gonna be in, in six months. You know, if that's gonna be the time where uh, where I have. Uh, you know, as many projects I have now, what if I don't have any, like, you know, what if, what if you know, uh, no one is asking for any work is that can happen too. Um, so you're always like, Oh, I'm going to pick up a few projects now because I have that opportunity. So you're going to hassle and you're going to work your ass off. You're going to work, you know, uh, 120 hours, hundred hours a week, like no time for, for errands or anything. You're just like missing on life and shit. Yeah. You don't have that luxury of, you know, uh, being free, like the job is done. I can go home and relax, wind up, uh, you know, do whatever the fuck I want. They're like hustling like, oh, shit, I, you know, I, I just finished that job. It's 8 p.m. All right. There's another one starting for me till the 2, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. That's like exa exactly my day today. And after we finish this, I'm, I'm finishing my first job and then jumping onto another and that's probably going to be keeping me up till the late night. Were you and working like, all, all, all day on it so far? Um, I, you know, I, I just do too many things, I guess. Uh, but that's, you know, I, 
this, I think I have ADD as well. It's pretty much like you where I, you know, I, if I do one project, if I work for one client, you know, um, I'm going to finish the job and, and then find myself working on my own stuff. You know, yeah. there's a lot of things like I just started, restarted, um, work on Showtime and, and, you know, I, I'm running, uh, Learn Squared and, you know, creating new classes for Learn Squared and making sure that, you know, the new, new teachers are on and, and seeing how that's going and all that, all that stuff. There's just, just takes time and then being a father and, you know, uh, that takes time as well. I have to have that time for family and, and there's jobs and jobs and jobs, you know, one day you're going to have many. And then the other day is just like, um, I guess for next four weeks, I'm just doing nothing because there's nothing there. You know, there's always, always a possibility of that. Uh, so you always have to hassle and you never know. So I'd rather do more jobs than once. And then, you know, if that happens then I can just take time off and, and that's, and that's ultimately for people that are wondering or considering doing freelancing, I feel like that is, that is the mentality of a freelancer. It's you got to strike yeah. while the iron's hot is the expression. Yeah, you got to exactly. get the money, get the money while you can, cause you don't know when you're going to have a lapse and you need to make sure that as long as it's there, you're doing the work. So you always feel that pressure and you can't just say, Oh, I want to go to Hawaii with the family or I want to go, you know, cause then you're thinking, Oh shit, that movie, they just hit me up to do that movie and I can't do it. Cause it's only like two weeks and I'm going to be gone for two weeks, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Or maybe just starts now. They need someone now and you cannot start it. You know, you're going to have time later, but they need someone now and they're not going to wait around to see whether you're going to be back or not, you know, yeah. and you might be miss missing an opportunity to work, uh, work on something that would keep you going for a year. So you always, you always, there's that worry, like, shit, is, is that a right time and place to, um, to take a time off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's always the case. It's a, it's weird. It's really interesting. I feel like no matter what you see the positive of the opposite, the, whatever it is that, that you're not doing, you see the positive side of whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. It's always that for sure. Most freelancers are pretty happy though. Cause most of them say like, they always complain about the same thing, but then at the same time they're like, yeah, but I'm going to, but I'm going to keep doing it. They, they like, <laughs> they like the freedom, you know, usually yeah, it's those just people that, get... it's just that dough dough, you know, yeah, it's just that dough. That that dodo. Oh, the dodo. Oh, you <laughs> gotta dodo, be that dude. dodo. You gotta that, be working that cheese, those. That that fucking stacks of cheddar, you know. You gotta have your. You You're gotta just have the king your, of gouda, you know. The you're just great in the gouda on people, man. You gotta have your multiple revenue streams, you know. Yeah. What I'm saying, man? I learned um, that from Master P. <laughs> uh, I've noticed that there's, I guess, there's a pattern of, you know, a lot of artists, uh, and I'm not speaking for all of them, but. I can definitely see a pattern pattern where, you know, you're either freelancing and, and scrapping for jobs or you're, you're working for yourself somewhat med mediocre studio. And then you work, work your way up. Uh, you, you either become so good at freelance that you're getting jobs and, you know, so good at art that you're getting jobs and you're eventually don't have to worry as much and you maybe, you know, uh, uh, save enough to, to have a little bit, a little bit of leeway going on or in, when you're in studio you know you're in a situation where you're in a really good studio there's a lot of cool things going that keeps you going really well you don't really miss out like you at naughty dog um or you leave because you just cannot pass on the opportunities that are coming and it's usually a leap of faith you know i was for me when i was leaving naughty dog it was a big leap of faith which eventually worked out because if it didn't I'll be in a different spot, dude. I'll be like, oh, fuck. 
I just left a cushy job there. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I sense that you had a pretty good idea that it would work out. I mean, getting in the union is not is not yeah. always that's a tricky. That's definitely there's luck involved with that. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. You know, it's not like you you knew. Again, for people that are going to take a leap of faith, you knew that it was a good idea because you kept getting hit up for these various projects with with production designers that are known to do union shit. So you knew that yeah. at some point it would it would work out eventually because you were going to pursue that so that was it yeah. you knew it would work out at some point and you know getting in union is obviously um always a good thing especially for what you get out of it you know working on union projects and and all that so oh yeah no i've yeah i, I totally agree yeah so cool. um, you want to jump into some questions questions yeah oh, yeah whatever you like man yeah, go yeah dude we got some 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 questions from our viewers Let's go. All right. So first question would be, what design principles do you have in mind when designing architecture? That was a question asked by Diego. Um, well, Diego, um, personally, I really, I think it's super important. My students always get, I feel like they get annoyed by how often I talk about using reference, but doing, um, doing stuff that is that is architectural is so, it's so crucial that you have some stuff that you can look at that is an inspiration and kind of keeps you in line with a, a, a theory that makes sense in terms of architectural um, design. You need to have something that keeps you on track in a, in a particular theme. For example, I'm looking at these various temples that I'm using kind of as a reference for the shape language that I and the, the rhythms I'm creating in this drawing. I personally, it doesn't mean that I'm literally copying the reference and doing something that looks like it's just in, in, in Cambodia. I'm making stuff up, but at the same time, I'm paying respect to the type of shapes I'm seeing in the photo. So the main advice I could give is just that whatever you're doing, make sure that if I was to ask you or someone was to ask you what if you had to summarize in your in one sentence what what is the architectural style of this and you had to describe it in one sentence do you think you'd be able to do that and if you don't think you'd be able to do that then you probably haven't been researching enough the people that do the weirdest shit and the most made up looking stuff actually probably look at more reference than anybody because they're juicing up their brain with so much information and yeah. that's the common misconception among students they think that oh you're doing weird sci-fi stuff oh that means that you just make everything up not necessarily you know yeah there's a difference between weird awesome looking sci-fi versus weird shitty looking sci-fi. there's a big difference <laughs> <laughs> for sure i mean when you look at uh what vitaly is doing that weird awesome looking sci-fi is based on you know years of years of experience and reference research and looking into the actual design principles you know there's there's a language behind it that he's using to build it up um but yeah, yeah agreed all right andy is asking hey aaron can you give us some insights on what world building classes are like over at brainstorm and the second part of the question would be the level students enter what to do um, to prepare for them and maybe how your classes specifically is different than your class over at CGMA. Thanks dude. I love your work. Well thank you, thank you. Um, <coughs> my 
it's it's a different it's a different skill level. It's brainstorm is a little bit more f focused. It's a little bit less mixed. The CGMA class is a mixture of people of a lot of different skill levels. So I have to kind of make it a little bit more uh, friendly for all skill levels. So I the thing I'm always having students do is master copies because um, master copies is like drilling into your brain. Um, standing on the shoulders of people that have already figured out composition and lighting and color and all this stuff. So I have people do a lot of master copies. I have people study and learn styles. And, and again, like what I just said about the question before about architecture, I always put like in both of my classes or in all of my classes I've ever taught, I, I, I always ask people to describe in detail what they were going for and where they got their inspirations from. It's almost like, you know, you're on trial. You're, you're not in a negative way, but you, you should be able to prove to the court that you did your research, you know, like, and that's just, that's in the learning process. It's kind of just something I, I expect from, from students is to take this stuff seriously, listen to feedback and to do your proper amount of research, you know, it doesn't, and that's, that's what makes you that's what makes you good. So my classes are very design focused and less technique focused. I'm doing less demos and more paint overs and, and, and lectures about design and stuff. I do demo as well, um, but I, it's very design focused because I feel like that's one of my strengths over people that are um, better at, at technique and things like that, really cool techniques and photo bashing and all that, which I do as well. But I like, I like design, I think, more than anything else. So Very cool. Uh, all right, another one would be from Poe. What is the difference between you uh, were creating concept art for The Last of Us and Uncharted 4? Well, as you know, Uncharted is um, a little more stylized. Uh, not, it's not as depressing. It's more like kind of, uh, you know, it's a lot more lighthearted. So that yeah. translates itself into the concepts. Last of Us, everything is subject matter wise is supposed to be, it's supposed to be beautiful, but a little bit creepy. It's supposed to be, um, you know, we, we, we try to go for more things that are using more photography look, you know, like post-processing kind of look in Last of Us. I feel like we did more of that. Uncharted is more, you, you know, more colorful, more whimsical in its palettes and a little bit more kind of lively in the palettes. And Last of Us is more starting with a naturalistic palette and then going just a little bit gritty, a little bit, a little bit, you know, dark with it. So slightly different feel, a really, a really different feel in terms of the, you know, the references that you're looking at in terms of stuff that you're referring to is just all collapsing buildings with, um, you know, overgrowth and all that kind of stuff versus Uncharted typically has some kind of cultural uh, influence. So you're looking at a lot of whatever that culture is, you know, um, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever that architectural style is and, and all those different influences. So it's, it's total, actually totally different. I know people could yeah, maybe, it's... don't you think? I mean, you've worked on both. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for me, Uncharted felt like, um, like if you, if you would compare both to master painters or like master artists, like one would be almost like Jerome painting, right? Uncharted, yeah. where it's like more magical, more like exploratory. Uh, whereas the other would be more like a photography of Gregory Crudson, you know? Right, yeah. So it's like more mystique, more, uh, you know, settled down, but but still, you know, with, with its own ar artistry in a way. Yeah, they're both, they're both very art heavy, you know, they're both yeah. really trying to be, do something artistic and really put a lot of pride into like how hard we, you know, how 
a lot of pride into into all the details and telling the story through the details and stuff for as far as games go we we both in both projects we have the same focus but yeah they're super different stylistically i would, I would argue that the highlight of, of both projects were the beta notes for the last of us dude the beta notes oh my god <laughs> dude you you are a maniac my friend you are a maniac your beta notes yeah the beta notes and then those those like black and white what were those things? Those fucking, those black and white images we did. <laughs> we did some funny stuff. Uh, yeah, that was some, some good times there. <laughs> it was like for multiplayer or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember what it was. It was like the splash screens or whatever for a multiplayer. Yeah. I remember that. that. Good times. <laughs> it was good times. Dude. It was a really good time. <laughs> the one with those shacks and people standing around. Yeah, you had oh like this God. old Chinese dude, like barbecuing next to these <laughs> bums, like these bums from Venice, California, and like it was all just jumbled together. But but it didn't matter because it was so small that you yeah. couldn't see any of that stuff. So it was just, it was just funny because yeah, you, you, nobody could ever tell. Yeah, it's like when you when you look at it as a normal image, you're like, what in the fuck? Uh, but when you look at it in the thumbnail, it's just like, oh yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. So. Yeah, for Uncharted <laughs> 4, we had these, we had these, uh, these fucking baseball cards we had to do, and we did all of our faces. We had it was like 70s baseball players, like with the terrible mullets and those really bad colors. I did like a graphic design layout that looked like 70s graphic design, and then we, we just they're so tiny you literally can't see it, but they're in there. In the yeah, was it on the on the one of the Last of Us map, like uh, a restaurant called Lemony Lemonic or something like that? Yeah, I think didn't you do that or did Nick do that? I think Nick was doing that. One was it Zana Banana or Yeah, Zana Bananas. <laughs> it was like a smoothie bar. <laughs> yeah, funny stuff. All right. Yeah. Next question from Eddie. Um, hello, I want to work on uh, Naughty Dog as a consum uh, environment concept artist. I know my work is not good enough yet and that uh, competition is tough. Do you have any advice? Uh, how can I impress you? Well, obviously, PEX. <laughs> PEX is important. You PEX is important. No, but um, I guess, you know, Eddie is asking what can be done, what he should be focusing on in order to, you know, even have a chance. Well, um, thanks for asking. Um, I think that, honestly, it's it, with most studios, it's really pretty simple. I mean, in terms of working at a studio, timing is everything. Like, are they looking for someone right now? If they're not looking for someone, then it doesn't matter. I mean, it, well, sometimes they'll hire someone anyways if they really like you, even if they're not looking for anybody. But a lot of it's timing and if they're looking for someone. If they are looking for someone, you want to make sure that the best thing I can say is make sure that your portfolio shows that you can do stuff just like what their games are, but also, but not like that's all you have. Because then it looks like you, it's like fan art. You want to do you want to show a hint that you can do stuff like kind of like what they do and then you want to have totally different stuff also like your own stuff yeah. personal work that shows that you care about other shit that you're not just a fan and you just do and we're all fans but like you need to stand on your own as being a have both have a little bit of your own stuff and then stuff that looks like it could work for their game too yeah i mean i was hired for a work I did for a project that was canceled at the uh, Crytek, and it was all fantasy, fantasy stuff, and I ended up working on The Last of Us. But the reasons uh, they liked it was, you know, the level of realism they saw, and that's what they were looking for. And I think I had a um, few pieces from the other canceled project, which were 
very similar to what The Last of Us is. But again, it was just like only like two or three paintings. Uh, but that was like a good hint, and that's, that's exactly what, what you said. You know, you're hinting that you can do um, you can do that stuff on the very professional level, but you also have your own style, you also have your own work, and you're showing that you can do uh, you know a lot of diversity in the work that you're working on. Um, I would even add one thing is that uh, for Naughty Dog, um, if you, you know Naughty Dog is a very specific place. Uh, you really have to be when you look at your work, you have to compare yourself to, to Aton and, and Aaron. And you have to be like honest with you with yourself. Like, is my work as good as, the, uh, as theirs? If it's not, then forget about it, I would say. They're not gonna hire you. And also the hiring process of Naughty Dog is very specific too. It takes months. It one does, of the, it takes <laughs> a long ass <laughs> it takes, time. Takes, like, it's not like, oh, you, we like your work, let's go. No, it, like you have to go through the test, even though you're fucking best in the industry they don't care they will they will try a test a uh, test on you i was i think i was the only I, I was the last concept artist hired without a test or maybe you were as well right you, did you do a test i actually uh, i did but not a last of us one right but I you know they for uncharted i think right yeah i think i remember that but i was me and i i don't remember if Aton, but i was i think i was the last one they they were considering tests for concept art the reason why they're doing tests is because they don't hire that many people even though the company is pretty large right now they don't they really pick and choose who, who they want to hire because last thing they want to do is hire someone for a few months like a lot of people that work for naughty dog um have been they've been there for like years like 10 years 20 years no maybe not 20 but there's few of them that work there for like 15 years. Dude, there are people that have EP's been there for 20 years. I think, man. Like, I the think there are right. people that have been there for 20 years. Yeah, so the real OGs, man. So it's like, yeah, it's like the company that basically um, don't have that much of a rotation. You know, obviously, you know, I think recently there's more people coming in and out, but that's that's the reality of the business, you know. Yeah. But but overall, it's like once you work there, it's just like it's it's already a good job. You're, you're not looking for alter alternatives, you know, like, I mean, I'm I worked for Naughty Dog for a couple of years and then I left uh, back to Poland for a year. But I came back to Naughty Dog again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of shows I had options, but I, I decided, you know, Naughty Dog is the place I want to go come back to. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very specific place, honestly. <laughs> I do think if there's a studio you have your sights set on and you, you well, there's a place that you really want to work, um, even if like what Maché is saying, like you don't necessarily always need to be like as good as all the other people working there. Sometimes they want to find somebody that's less experienced and they want to like bring them up. Maybe they yeah. see that they see potential in them, you know, that yeah, hey, you know, right. this, this person's a little rough around the edges. They haven't quite like gotten their fully professional look yet, but they have cool ideas and we like their overall style, but they're not polished enough. So then someone like, you know, one of the senior, more senior artists or lead artists can take them in and show them the techniques and the ways of that we work. And within a year, they're going to be great, you know, if they already have the makings of somebody yeah. that's going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're actually correct. I mean, I, I was uh, I was thinking about more in a, in a way that, you know, it's almost you, you, you increasing your chances. You know, I always look at it in a way that you want to be you, you always want to compare yourself to the best. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, we all we all do that. We all, we all have we all have people that we admire and we all want to get better at doing what we do. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. It, it is important to do that. Um, it is important to always compare yourself to those people. And that's a good thing, like a healthy, not always like hate your work, but just be healthy, like about realizing your strengths and your weaknesses. And if you have a weakness, then get that shit up, keep work on it, you know, improve on it. Like that's really all it takes. It's not really that much more. It takes time. You got to be patient. You know, see, I think people aren't patient enough. Like it takes a while to learn some of these skills. So you got to repeat it over and over and over. I'm going to jump a few questions. Uh, Share your gym routine. Nobody asked that. (laughs) Um, you, you know my gym routine. You've done <laughs> it like 50 times. No, I, I someone asked it really. Uh, it's just you go you go downstairs and you get shredded. That's the routine. I actually don't go there anymore. I go to LA Fitness now. Oh, you do? All right. Yeah. All right. We, I dri- I you're, drive you're, tired, like you're tired of all the old people. It's just the- too it's too small and it's too expensive and not good enough. Like if I'm going to pay that much, I want to have a really good gym where I have like good equipment and a lot of space to. Right. You know, yeah. Stuff, yeah, so. LA Fitness is bigger for sure, and it's I don't know, five times cheaper. Yeah, it's it's like it's like <laughs> twenty five a month versus ninety a month for that bullshit. Yeah. So I'm not down for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, was a question: What's your experience like working at Naughty Dog? We kind of half of our conversation was about that. Um, uh, yeah. Let's jump Indeed. to that one. A lot of Naughty Dog talking. All right, the boy band design of Final Fantasy fifteen. Ah, that was a question asked before. I've seen it before. What? <laughs> um, let's jump into more questions here. Someone was asking, like, what do you think about the boy band's design of Final Fantasy fifteen? But we had that question last time, so I'll ah. skip that one. Uh, Zach is asking if your if your work isn't up to par to get a concept job, would it be beneficial to apply? For a non-art related position, just to be in the studio until your art improves. No, because well, I I would say no because unless unless you you really need a like if you want to get a job or okay, let me start over. I'm I'm mumbling now. It's you can do that, but just realize that if you do that, they're gonna want you to stay in your position that you are. They're not gonna want to leave and have to hire somebody else for that position just so that you can jump into another department. Sometimes they'll let you do that, but a lot of the time they'll be like, oh, you just took this fucking job just so, so you could switch departments? Come on, now I got to find somebody else, you know? They, they yeah. don't like it. You know they don't like it. And if you were hiring, you wouldn't like it either because it means, like, you wasted nope. your time. Yeah. It's thousands of dollars. It's not only the, the you know, uh, the time that HR has to spend uh, finding you and then hiring you, which is a lot of paperwork, paying to uh, lawyers to get the... Uh, get the contract done and you know god forbid you're moving from different city or country even where you get reimbursed for relocation you know I, the hiring process is like literally jumping into ten like tens of thousands of dollars just because of like everything that is just accumulating over time you know yeah. the work of people that are trying to get you in and you know if you're out of the country getting your visa and getting you relocated like there's so much shit that has oh, to happen you know. for you. Yeah. You know more than most people too cuz you can't you did the whole thing twice. If I was if I was to pay for relocating myself, I would never be able to relocate. <laughs> Especially yeah. from US to or like, you know, overseas basically. That's like thousands of dollars. It can easily get into like 10, 15 grand. Oh, I know. It's easily. nuts. Yeah, it's like you, you think about plane tickets alone, that's, that's already a lot of money. 
then you know packing a lot of your shit if you you know that's not, not even considering moving furniture and getting like a temporary apartment which they have to reimburse you for which is like thousands of dollars in in west ILA, you know especially in santa, santa monica area yeah you it be is. close to company usually i mean if you're in la you need a car and that's another like a grand or some or something like that that they have to reimburse you for of course. There's a shitload of money that goes into hiring process. And the last thing they want to do is like spend all that money so you can switch because you just want to work on something else. You know, there are outliers. I mean, um, Neil Druckmann, right? He joined the company and he was a programmer. I think it was a network programmer hmm. uh, for a couple of years. And now he's a creative director. But that took him a while. I mean, he was there working on the projects in his primary primary job but he wanted to do something else and you know he was pitching his ideas and the reason it worked out for him is because his ideas were brilliant i mean if you're looking at the last of us and uncharted 4 and you're thinking story and creative design it's him and bruce Strally. that's really that's really the two people that made the game the, the awesome it is right yeah especially the last of us man was like yeah. it really was a combination of those two guys because bruce Bruce was kind of, he kind of was the art director on it, really. I mean, yeah. he, we, we didn't really have an art director, and Bruce was the one implementing that stuff and making sure that people followed the concepts. And I, I feel like that was really one of the strongest that we ever were in the company is when Bruce was kind of implementing that stuff. And that's we need someone to do that. And then yeah. Neil, obviously, doing cinematics and story and just the feel that we were going for, you know, that for whole sure. thing. Yeah, it was it was pretty powerful. I mean, Neil, I for uh, finding the right actors, you know, voice actors and, you know, mocap and, you know, story beats and, you know, working with story artists or um, with writers to get like all the dialogue, everything. I mean, there's so many moments in the game where you're just like, that could be a fucking amazing movie, like literally better than anything else that is out there, you know? Yeah. So... There's a All lot of goodies. Days. Yeah. A lot of goodies. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, Cat Machiavelli, concept art, is asking a question. Can you talk more about day-to-day -day pipeline and give a breakdown of how you, of how your day goes in the studio? I feel like a lot of concept art education covers techniques, but don't prepare you for what actual what the actual workday is like. Uh that's interesting um the work day i wouldn't worry about it it's not very difficult it's just it's just you on a normal day it's just you know you have tasks you have a lead or you or, or if you you know if you're just a concept artist uh working full-time i think you probably will have a schedule figured out for you and you just have deadlines that you need to hit and you just sit down and just do it you know like that's generally it shouldn't be a stressed out um, thing for most of the project, unless you make it that way yourself. Um, but there's, yeah, there's no real special thing other than you just go come into work and you just work on your stuff and when you send it out. Yeah. Um, I wish I had something more interesting, some crazy process. Like you have to get sprayed with a fire hose and then you have to eat like cherry pie and then you have to not puke while it's standing on your head or whatever. But it's pretty much uh, what you'd expect, it's just like a job except you're painting instead of whatever doing excel or whatever people do yeah I, I could add that a lot of like 
pipeline of the studio. You kind of learn that over time being there, you know, every studio kind of works differently. Oh, right. He asked about pipeline. Yeah, yeah. That's about the whole studio. That's, that's just, yeah, every studio is slightly different. And so you learn that when you get there and they, they want you, they, they don't stress you out about it. Like they want you to have the time to learn what, how we do things and every studio does things slightly different. So you have time to learn that and it's, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Um, well, I'll go through two more questions. Um, sorry, I'm skipping through some of them. Um, you know, like there's too many and I don't want to keep you, keep you awake for too much. I know you're yeah. busy. I am gonna get I'm going to get back to work as well. Just like <laughs> you. Man. Um, I'm a 3d environment artist, but I feel that I lack a lot of design fundamentals. Do you think um, it would be worth paying for some lessons to learn this? That was from Kyle. Well, personally, I think it is, it's helpful just the same way it's important for concept artists to learn 3D because um, you need to be able to communicate, speak each other's languages and understand how, how we work. So when you're asking from, for, from uh, you're asking something from a concept artist, you know the best way to get what you want out of it. You know, you, you know what to ask for or you know how to communicate so that you get what you want. Same thing as a concept artist, it's important to know uh, some 3D because when you working with a 3D artist, you want to be able to, um, you know, you want to be able to ask them the right questions and explain things the right way and come up with and know what things are going to translate and what things aren't going to translate. You know, that's just kind of, that's, that's just the way it is in general. So yeah, I think, I think it's definitely important to, to try a little bit of that. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right, last question. That's from Roboto. Uh, should we still apply for a job if your year's experience is not enough as they need? So basically, if the studio is asking, oh, we need five years experience uh, in the production pipeline, you don't have that, but you still want to apply. Should I think do that. I think yes, you should, because it never hurts to apply. It never hurts to have them see your name. And sometimes if you're really a good fit, you know, even if they're not hiring or they say five years experience or whatever, they'll say, you know what, who cares about the experience? I know Naughty Dog doesn't, they don't seem to care about experience as much as, as, as much as, um, other studios do. Other studios are very hard up about experience, like Activision Studios are very like you're you're fitting into a slot like a different level of that job right. and based on the number of years you're working you, you can't be a lead if you've been working for two or three years you, it, it won't ever happen they just won't do it they, they want people with their more experience other studios they actually don't they say that as a formality because they don't want somebody that's just applying because they're a fan and they don't have experience but if you're really good and you only have three years and they want five years i'm sure they would be cool with it you know yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I, I don't think even, you know, most of the studios don't really look into your experience as more of a HR uh, gimmick, right? It's like just HR has to ask for how many years you've been uh, because if they, or just have to put something there because if, you, if they don't ask for it, we're going to have like hundreds of applications from, from, you know, artists that are not really that great and they yeah. think they can make it, you know? It just generally means we want somebody who's generally a little bit more experienced or yeah. if they're looking for a junior artist and they want to like that, their budget is a junior artist and they have enough senior artists and they want somebody new, 
then they'll tell you, then they'll say, yeah, we're looking for a junior artist, but that doesn't, you know, it's, it's not always exactly what it says it is, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. All right, dude. Uh, we're going to wrap it up on cool, this. Um, it was good catching up with you, brother. Yeah, we should, we should catch up uh, for reals for some lunch or some shit, you know? Let's do that. Yeah, we're pretty, pretty much neighbors right now, so we'll do that. We'll do that next. Uh, dude, thanks for coming. Thanks for, for spending some time with us uh, and answering all the stupid questions and, and really important questions and really nice questions. Actually, there was no stupid questions here. No one asked about what brushes do you use. So No, it was, so, uh, there, everyone was yeah, asking was great yeah. questions, I thought. It's actually great questions, for sure. I uh, really appreciate that. So anyone who joined us live, guys, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. And then uh, whoever watching us uh, later on, Thanks for watching the whole thing. Yeah, thank you and for um, all your questions, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> and those, uh, you know, if you if you like what you see, guys, fucking hit that subscribe button or just hit that dislike button, whatever the fuck you want. Do whatever you want. <laughs> um, all right, we'll wrap it up. Uh, you guys have a good evening or rest of the night or morning, wherever you are. And uh, this week, we're going to have one more guest coming up. I think it's on Wednesday. I'm going to announce that very soon. Sydney. Uh, no, it's Justin Coro Kaufman. <laughs> one of the, one of so the guys. He's so good. I love that guy. Dude. He's yeah. the shit. He's the he, shit. He is the shit. And he also he, he's one of the OGs from and creators of, uh, of Massive Black and conceptart.org. So right. it's going to be a fun one. I'm going to end up this stream with my soundboard beat that everyone's gonna fucking enjoy. Alright guys, peace. Later.